Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. We'll be keeping an eye on these various elections across the country. I don't expect too many earthquakes, but we will keep an eye. Matthew McConaughey, is that how you pronounce it, Mr. Producer? McConaughey, I apologize. Why do I care what he has to say about gun control? I know he's from that town. I'm from Philadelphia. Everybody's from somewhere where these horrendous murders are taking place. But why do I care what he has to say? I'm, I'm quite serious about this. This is the problem. As I said uh, behind this microphone, as I said on Fox, as I said on Levin TV, they can pass all the laws they want. Until the ruling class gets serious about enforcing laws that already exist, whether it's immigration whether it's following the Constitution and separation of powers, whether it is the various federal crimes that can be committed by individuals with guns, it won't matter. That's the point. But I've already talked about this at great length. And by the way, whatever this so-called bipartisan group comes up with, it will not satisfy the radicals, the media, and the other kooks. You watch, it won't matter. So you're not even going to appease them with whatever changes are made. The American people will be the subject of all these rules, of all these laws. And I don't want to spend all day on this. But we will have to have to return to this subject. But let me get on here. I want to remind you as fuel prices have doubled under Biden, they're going to continue to go higher under Biden, that he has blamed oil companies, he has blamed Putin, 
who is a loathsome monster, but that's beside the point. And now they're blaming you. Just a matter of time. I want to remind you of what Barack Melhouse Benito Obama said several years ago. Cut one, go. Under my plan uh, of a cap-and-trade system, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. So could the high prices help us? I think that I would have preferred a gradual adjustment. In 2008, you supported ramping up gas prices. Somehow, we have to figure out how to boost the price of gasoline to the levels in Europe where it is now more than $10 a gallon. And that question was by the, the late Chris Wallace to Joe Biden. But you see, their plan has always been to drive up the cost of fuel. And by the way, electricity, all sources of energy that you use and you're familiar with. Which is 95% of the energy we use in this country. And I want to remind you of a Biden campaign event. <laughs> In September 2019, cut to go. But I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? Okay, got it? Joe Biden at a town hall meeting, February 2020. Cut three, go. We, we are, we are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Come on. Folks, that's okay. These guys are okay. They, they want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels, and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. Look, Senator Sanders and others are proposing Medicare. Don't act like the Trumpers, okay? All right, don't be like Trump. Please, we're on the same team. Don't be like Trump. Let's t I'll talk to you afterwards if you'd like to talk, okay? So, look, Senator Sanders, please. Well, so is everybody else's future. That's why we have, that's why in our administration we wiped out no more, no more coal plants. Coal plants out. Electricity rates need to increase. We're on oil and gas. That's why the prices are going up, ladies and gentlemen. This has been planned. This is part of the objective. I want to remind you of more. When he came into office, he was sworn in. The following Wednesday, Biden signed a series of executive orders that prioritized, and I'm reading from CNBC, climate change across all levels of government, put the U.S. on track to curb planet warming carbon emissions. See how the media basically are the mouthpieces for these fools. But anyway, Biden's orders direct the Secretary of the Interior Department to halt, a.k.a. to stop, new oil and natural gas leases on public lands and waters and begin a thorough review of existing permits for fossil fuel development. You need a permit to drill on leased public lands. They're not issuing permits, ladies and gentlemen. In addition to the pause on leasing, Biden will direct the federal government to conserve 30% of federal lands and water by 2030 and find ways to double offshore wind production by that time. So find ways. They have nothing. They have absolutely no alternatives on any significant level. 
This series of actions kick off the president's agenda to reduce the country's emissions and establish stricter targets under the Paris Climate Accord, the landmark agreement by nearly 200 nations aimed to mitigate climate change. I thought there were like 193 countries in the world. Maybe I'm wrong. But this is CNBC slobbering all over it. Biden, the Democrats, the phony intellectuals, and their media. They're the ones that are responsible for the high gas prices. We've already waited too long to deal with the climate crisis. We cannot wait any longer, Biden said. Yeah, he's very scared of the climate crisis with his mansion on Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, right on the ocean. That's how scared he is of the ocean rising. Our climate plans are ambitious, Biden said, but we are America. We are unwavering on our commitment to innovation. And on his first day in office last week, Biden had the U.S. re-enter the Paris Accord. He also canceled the permit for the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline. During Barack Obama's presidency, the U.S. vowed to curb emissions between 26 and 28 percent below 2005 levels by 2025, but has failed to come anywhere near that goal. Yeah, you just kill our economy, then you'll be fine. Everybody head for the forests and live off the land. Biden, just a reminder, who has assembled the largest ever White House team of climate experts, has vowed to unveil more ambitious targets as the major U.N. climate summit this year in Scotland. He has also pushed to implement a $2 trillion climate plan. Biden's moratorium on oil and gas leases won't end fossil fuel extraction since industry leaders currently hold undeveloped leases. Drilling on public lands generates billions of dollars in revenue, but compromises, excuse me, but comprises roughly a quarter of the country's greenhouse gas emissions. Listen, oil and gas producers have strongly opposed Biden's move and are expected to challenge the order in court. Penalizing the oil and gas industry kills good-paying American jobs, hurts our already struggling economy, makes our country more reliant on foreign energy sources, and impacts those who rely on affordable and reliable energy, said Ann Bradbury, president of the American Exploration and Production Council. She was exactly 100% right. But the environmental groups who have long pushed for the changes sought by Biden praised the orders. We're thrilled Biden is quickly honoring his pledge to stop new fossil fuel leasing of our federal lands and waters, said Kieran Suckling. Excuse me? Said Kieran Suckling. Excuse me? Executive Director of the Center for Biological Diversity. The climate and wildlife extinction crises demand this kind of bold, urgent action. Biden is also establishing climate change as a national security priority and maintaining a focus on green job creation and environmental justice for those most vulnerable to climate change. And he will add executive orders, additional executive orders, to dismantle the Trump administration's climate policy reversals. And his plan includes goals to transition from fossil fuels to clean energy. Cut emissions from electric power to zero by 2035 and reach net zero emissions by 2050. That's what he did. And that's how it was reported on January 27, 2021. You heard what Obama said. You heard what Biden said. 
You see what Biden has done. That is why we're in this disaster of a situation. Going from energy independence to energy dependence. Begging Saudi Arabia, begging Venezuela, begging everybody we have to, please give us your oil. The emergency stockpile of oil has been heavily drained by Biden for political reasons. But don't worry. The Defense Production Act, which is really a law that's supposed to be used if there is a serious military, national security, domestic emergency. Not one created by the administration. And yet, Biden's going to use it to make solar panels. But we can't make all these solar panels. We don't have all the material. Some of it's in a country we call communist China. Now what? Major aspects and elements necessary to make the batteries for electric cars come out of two countries. The Congo and communist China. Communist China has bought up much of the control over cobalt in the Congo. Now what? We're not expanding our electrical grid. You notice Biden never talks about that. You'll plug in your car when there are brownouts and blackouts. How's that going to work? Now what? Now what? Price goes up and up and up. It's an amazing thing what these people are doing to this country. And how the lying buffoons and reprobates in the media cover for them. Just disgusting. Obama insisted electric rates are going to go up. Biden insisted that he would end fossil fuel use. Neither of them know a damn thing about anything. They're driven by ideology. They're driven by their base. And as a result, you see the prices. The only way to put an end to it is to put an end to their political careers. To smash them. Politically. Because this is not going to stop. And Jennifer Granholm is the energy secretary. Did you know this? She should be fired, of course. But as I've told you before, the names of these departments are really the opposite of what they do and achieve. The energy department is the no energy department. And she goes to friendly ground over there at MSLSD. And what does she have to say? Cut four, go. You know, the president in his first year in office gave out more drilling permits for oil and gas producers than even the last administration How is that did. possible? When he said he wouldn't. How is that possible when he said he wouldn't? Has anybody looked at the data? No, they haven't looked at the data. These demagogues and propagandists go on MSLSD and the Constipated News Network. They go on these other places and they just spew this crap. Go ahead. Second or third year. So they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of permits. And no, they so don't have a lot of permits. They have a lot of leases. I have to educate the Secretary of Energy. Go ahead. Them to use those permits to, to pick up production. Our All right, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Now you know she's a habitual serial liar. 
The reason she is the Secretary of Energy is to sabotage all efforts at domestic energy. That's why she's there. The Secretary of Interior, same thing. That's why she's there. I'll be right back. Mark in. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Actually, Mr. Producer, cut 10. Debbie Stabenow is a very stupid person, but she manages to get elected to the Senate from Michigan because Michigan is, in many ways, increasingly Democrat. And they've had some good candidates running there for the Senate, but what can I tell you? Stabbing out at a hearing, a budget hearing today, she wants to brag. She wants to tell you about her $100,000 electric vehicle. Cut 10, go. I do have to say, just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station. It didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets. And this is the- the kind of moronic so-called ruling class leadership we have if everybody could just buy a hundred thousand dollar electric vehicle and where the hell is all this electricity going to come from ladies and gentlemen comes from nuclear power they oppose it comes from hydroelectric plants they oppose it it comes from oil and gas they oppose it it comes from coal they oppose it where do they think it comes from where do they think it comes from and meanwhile, you people suffering? Too bad. She's laughing. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, Reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. We have two guests tonight. We have Peter Navarro, who will be on the program in about 50 minutes. And we have Senator Mike Lee, who will be on the program in hour three. But I want to get back into this because nobody has discussed this as thoroughly, I don't think, and as accurately as I have from a constitutional legal perspective and every other perspective. That is this January 6th committee. The media keep reporting, even some friendly media, that the hearing Thursday night, prime time, is on the committee's investigation of the January 6th Capitol riot. The committee's investigation of the January 6th Capitol riot. It's Nancy Pelosi's thugs, handpicked apparatchiks, and their handpicked staff including, as I understand it, 11 former federal prosecutors, including two former U.S. attorneys. Without any, any effort at an American form of justice. An American form of justice. Who is in these meetings? Who is in these secret depositions? Who is in these decisions about subpoenaing, about voting to hold people in contempt, passing it to the Justice Department to prosecute people? Who is it that is making these decisions? The Republican Party does not have a single representative of the Republican leadership on this committee. Not one. Who is in these secret proceedings to raise objections? Nobody. Who is in these secret events to bring some balance? Nobody. To raise questions about certain witnesses who are called? Nobody. This is something we've never experienced before in this country. At least during the Army McCarthy hearings, the Democrats had a majority on the Senate committee. And yet they keep pointing to that as a cancer in our history. At least during the Un-American Activities Committee hearings, the Democrats controlled that committee too. And yet they used it as a cudgel to attack Nixon. On this committee... There is absolutely no minority party representation. Two Trump-hating never-Trumpers appointed by Nancy Pelosi as apparatchiks are worse than not having Republicans. They give the facade, they give the camouflage of bipartisanship where none exists. None. I want another example in congressional history, and I'm open to hear it let alone our criminal history in this country. Another example 
of where one party, whether it's prosecutors or whether it's a political party, has complete control, complete control over a legislative process. I'm not talking about a vote on the floor of the House. I'm talking about on hearings. I can find none. I don't pretend to be the number one expert on this, but I can find none. And what's available to me to research, none. This is the case of the Democrats and the number Trumpers. This is not a serious, thoughtful, accountable congressional committee. Not at all. And when this is said and done, and God willing, the Republicans take over the House, I want to know exactly how this committee conducted itself. I want to know exactly how this staff conducted themselves. And I want to know if any of them have been exposed to lawsuits or can be. Any of them. Will violate anybody's civil due process and, yes, human rights. Because we must confront this civilly, legally, peacefully, using the various channels that may be available to us institutionally to ensure something like this, this kind of a Stalinist show trial, never ever happens again, let alone with the Klig lights on, prime time, promoted by the networks. What you will be witnessing is an old Stalinist witch trial, show trial. You must put your emotions aside. They're trying to turn this into a movie. A movie for idiots and morons. They've brought in Hollywood. Special writers. Sound effects people. Video experts, other technicians. The former head of ABC News, who's said to be an expert on documentaries. Why? Why not just hold a hearing? You know why. Why were they afraid of appointing? Why were they afraid of appointing the nominees that Kevin McCarthy recommended? Because they didn't want balance. They didn't want normal order. They didn't want checks on them. They wanted conformity. And conformity they have. Like good little Stalinists. How many people in the media will find their emails and text messages have been gathered by this committee? How many of us As if we were involved in the January 6th organizing of the protests or attending the protests or proposing violence in the protest. This is utterly alien to any, any notion of justice in this country. Or frankly, in the Western Hemisphere.
We've not seen anything like this, ladies and gentlemen, since the Salem witch trials. And these people will be sitting there, blowhards, going on and on about how they are defending the Constitution, about how they are defending the Republic from the mob and the hordes, how they are the true believers, how they are righteous, while they're trampling all over the constitutional rights of everybody they point to. They're going to have retired federal judge J. Michael Ludig there. What a spectacle. How disgraceful. Who will turn the Constitution inside out to justify what was done in certain states like Pennsylvania in violation out of Article 2 of our Constitution. Article 2. I wonder if Liz Cheney knows what's in Article 2. I wonder if her father knows what's in Article 2. I wonder if George W. Bush knows what's in Article 2. Well, he ought to, because they used Article 2 to win their case in the Supreme Court in 2000. When effectively they did the same thing in Pennsylvania that they did the Bush in Florida. And yet you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to talk about it. So you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to raise objections if you're targeted as a potential witness. You're not allowed to raise objections to them getting your documents, your emails, your texts. You're not allowed to assert certain common privileges, attorney-client privilege, confidentiality. And then you're thrown to Merrick Garland and his grand jury. Will you be charged or won't you be charged with a crime? Will you be imprisoned as a result of what this committee's doing? I've talked to you multiple times about separation of powers. This committee does not have the constitutional authority. I don't care who's on the committee. I don't care what this committee does to conduct criminal investigations. And that is effectively what it's trying to do. Why do you think they have 11 former federal prosecutors on the staff? Including two former U.S. attorneys. Why do you think? This is a disgrace. When they write about Rome, when they write about Athens, they point out how the system failed. When they write about America, they will do the same thing. Because we cannot continue this way and survive as a republic. It's that simple. It's that simple. We look at Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski got to the Senate because she was appointed by her father. Who decided he'd move from the Senate to governor. And let's be honest, Liz Cheney was elected to the House in Wyoming because of the Cheney name, her father. Otherwise, quite frankly, why would anybody care? And there she is. 
Righteous Indignation, recipient of the John Kennedy Profiles and Courage, and yet he didn't even write that book. And she'll get many more awards from the people who despised her and her family. Halliburton! Halliburton! Remember all that? Remember old Dick had blood on his hands from Iraq? Remember all that? Not anymore. Joe Stalin would be proud of what he's going to see on Thursday night. He'd be jealous if he were alive. He'd say they have perfected. Perfected. What I did. Of course, without all the butchery and so forth. But taking somebody's liberty is no joke. And Peter Navarro, who's been on this program before, is a 72-year-old man He's a gentleman. I don't know him well. He's not my buddy. We've never socialized. But I've read what he's written. He's a very smart man. He was a professor. Comes to Washington to serve President Trump. As did so many other people. But because he was close to Trump, and because he raised serious questions about the election, whether you agree or not, it's irrelevant. He had to be taken down. He had nothing to do with the violence on January 6th. Out of the thousand witnesses they've called, how many of them had anything to do with the violence on January 6th? You are going to hear, as you would, in a Stalinist Tro trial, innuendo, innuendo, thoughts placed in texts as if they're fact. As if they were executed. They will dismiss or try to counter the obvious when Trump said that people should be peaceful, when Trump offered National Guardsmen. Those two points alone undermine the entire narrative that they're going to seek to create by talking to a thousand people. By looking at tens of thousands of texts and emails and documents, they will piece together, like the Marxists do, like the fascists do, the show trial that they want to present to you. That's why, that's why they didn't want any of the appointees to be accepted that were nominated and proposed by Kevin McCarthy. And the first among equals, Jim Jordan. They couldn't tolerate that. More when I return. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. 
These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Democrats straight up admit the J6 committee hearings are political theater, Daily Caller. New York Times laid out the Democrat Party's playbook for the hearings on Thursday and, and beyond, with Democrats admitting in the article that the hearings are political theater. Quote, with their control of Congress hanging in the balance, Democrats plan to use made-for-television moments and a carefully choreographed rollout of revelations over the course of six hearings to persuade voters that the coming midterm elections are a chance to hold Republicans accountable for it. Republicans? Republicans? They're using our tax dollars. God knows how much money. With this staff, with these lawsuits, with this production, our tax dollars, the Democrat Party, with the help of two morons, Kingsinger and Cheney. They're using our tax dollars to choreograph the voter turnout effort for the Democrats. Several Democrat operatives and politicians were quoted in the New York Times story, admitting that the hearings might provide the political clout their party needed for the midterm elections. Battling rampant inflation, a war in Eastern Europe, rising prices for gas and other goods, Democrats seem poised to use the January 6th hearings to make a political point about Republicans. Quote, when these hearings are over, voters will know how irresponsibly complicit Republicans were in attempting to toss out their vote and just how far Republicans will go to gain power for themselves, says Patrick Maloney. I mean Maloney. Sean Patrick Maloney, Democrat, told the New York Times. Hakeem Jeffries, another one. And it goes on and on and on. This is a farce. This is a misappropriation of our tax dollars. This is a disgusting disgrace. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Peter Navarre will be with us in about 15 minutes. Ex-Media Matters employee alleges colleagues covered up sexual misconduct, refuses to retract claims after lawsuit threat. Media Matters is this front group that was started by Soros. Its entire purpose is to try and destroy conservative media and conservative hosts. 
you should go to their site. Go ahead. See what they do. It's clearly a Democrat front group. Most of the staff are Democrat operatives. Yet the Internal Revenue Service allows them to continue to operate on tax-exempt funds as if they are a nonpartisan charity. This would be the same George Soros, as pointed out in Daily Wire, who invested $40 million to help elect dozens of these Marxist prosecutors across the United States. 75 cities across the United States, according to a report by the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. $40 million over the past decade to elect dozens of these prosecutors who have caused havoc throughout this country. It's the same George Soros who has created this so-called Hispanic radio network. We're one of the board members of Cumulus Media, as I understand it. His name is Castro, is a financial investor. And the two staffers, one comes out of the Obama machine, the other comes out of the Soros machine, and the Soros investment group is behind this. Why? To try and take out conservatives and to try and push their radical left agenda. Jesse Morales Rocchetto, former Hillary for America and AFL-CIO employee, and Stephanie Valencia, former White House staffer during the Obama administration, they are heading this venture. And they're able to raise $80 million. They've never run a radio station. It's called the Latino Media Network. And in my view, it exists to try and fool all of you Hispanics out there. 18 Hispanic radio stations across 10 different markets was announced last week was partially financed by Lake Star Finance, an investment group affiliated with the Soros Fund Management, as well as one of the board members at Cumulus. I'm supposed to ignore that? I'm not ignoring a damn thing. So let's circle back to quote the late Pisaki. What's going on at Media Matters? And by the way, this Cumulus board member was a senior advisor official of Media Matters at one point. You believe that? Over at Blaze News, great site, a former employee of the left-wing watchdog group, so-called Media Matters for America, accused his ex-colleagues of covering up a sexual misconduct incident In social media posts yesterday, Timothy Johnson, formerly a senior writer at Media Matters, and I have no special interest in Timothy Johnson or anybody there, but here it is in the news, was threatened with a lawsuit from his former employer, that would be Media Matters, over a Twitter thread in which Johnson said that an editorial director at the group, quote, covered up for a man who preyed on our colleagues. A lot of that going on on the left, the Lincoln Project, you know public school system. The thread began with Johnson announcing, after about 10 years, I no longer work at Media Matters. In a lengthy and at times vague series of tweets, Johnson alleged that Media Matters editorial director Ben DeMirio covered up sexual misconduct by another unnamed employee who's no longer working for the group. Of course, I have no first-hand knowledge. I'm just reading. It's all over the news. I'm very, very fortunate in my circumstances that I did not end up on the street the next day. 
as a consequence of what my former boss, Ben Demirio, did. I bet a lot of people would have, Johnson wrote. My experience has been that the vast, vast majority of past colleagues at Media Matters for America, even including most executives and managers, were wonderful, kind people to work with. But you two clowns, he writes, I don't think so. Do either of you want to talk about April 4th? I doubt it, he continued, referencing an unknown incident. I will advise anybody at the most senior levels of Media Matters to come on this program and discuss April 4th and reveal to 14 million listeners what this means. You can just deny it. What happened on April 4th? Johnson goes on, quote, Ben, do you want to talk about how you covered up for a man who preyed on our colleagues? Addressing Demirio. He continued, this man suddenly resigned. And to my shame, I went out with him after work that day, and we all got really drunk. He told me a sob story. I bought it, and the night ended with him being carried up to his apartment. Not long later, I learned the truth of why I resigned, quote-unquote. He was dismissed because of his sexual misconduct. But only after years of people in authority positions knowing about what he was doing. Apparently was still allowed to come into the office to participate in a poker game. I ran into him on the street just outside the office a month or two later after I learned this. He gave me a friendly hello. I didn't reciprocate. I hope I'm no stronger to beating the F out of a predator that I put the fear of God into him. The smirk on his face didn't last long. I heard he didn't come back to the office after that. I never saw him again. I hope he never did come by again. I am ashamed that I did not share this publicly until now. It most likely makes me a clown myself, but brass tacks, I didn't, and I'm sorry. Curious, aren't you, Mr. Producer? What happened on April 4th over at Media Matters? Later on Monday morning, Johnson posted screenshots of a letter he received from Media Matters attorney Ben Stafford informing him that he had breached a contract negotiating the end of his employment. The letter stated that Johnson was fired for cause. Media Matters demanded that he, quote, immediately remove the Twitter thread you posted this morning about Media Matters for America and your former manager, unquote. Stafford, the lawyer, wrote that Johnson had been fired for, quote, abandoning work shifts, unquote, without proper notice, and, quote, insubordination of bullying communications, unquote, sent to his co-workers. Part of the agreement ending Johnson's employment was not to directly or indirectly, I quote, disparage Media Matters for America, its officers, directors, or employees, or Media Matters for America's business, and will not encourage any third parties to do so. You jackasses, you disparage yourselves, but that's a whole other story. You have unquestionably violated this obligation, the lawyer's letter says, called the accusation against Ben Demirio false and defamatory and said Johnson's tweets indisputably disparage both Media Matters for America and a current Media Matters for America employee in clear breach of the agreement. The letter states that Media Matter reserves the right to sue Johnson for monetary damages if he did not delete his tweets by close of business Monday. Meanwhile, the media got a hold of it. The media that really matters. And as of this posting... Johnson's thread, it says, is still on Twitter. As of Tuesday, he maintains every statement within the thread is true. 
Uh, the Blaze apparently contacted Media Matters. They did not respond to a request for comment. I'd be more than happy to have their attorney or president or CEO of the organization to come on this program and elaborate on what this is all about. I want to be fair. Of course, I believe in equity. But I'd like to know what took place now that this dirty laundry, so to speak, is in the public. Public would probably like to know what's going on because media matters. Media matters wouldn't pass on a story like this, would they? Their obsession with me, their obsession previously with Rush, their obsession with Fox and Fox hosts. I'll say things on this radio right here on this radio network. They will say Fox News host Mark Levin said, even though I never said it on Fox. Because they're a bunch of lying, low IQ morons. But this may just be a thread that needs to be pulled, you see? Which is why I want to give every opportunity to the top press at Media Matters or their attorney to come on the program and explain why they're so upset and threatening to this individual. And what is he talking about on April 4th? They get tax-deductible deductions. They receive a lot of dark money from big donors whose names you don't know and they're not required to report. Seems to me the Internal Revenue Service, at a minimum, should be looking into Media Matters for America. It's all over the Internet. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Peter Navarro, I'm sorry to have to talk to you under these circumstances, but there's a lot of people listening to this program, and I would like you to tell them what happened to you in the last, what is it, 48 hours, week or so? Tell us. Yeah, it, uh, I think it actually spans an interesting seven-day period, Mark, um, and it goes back to my uh, refusal, my failure to comply with a subpoena issued by this kangaroo committee on Capitol Hill and Nancy Pelosi put together. That is, uh, on its face, neither duly authorized or properly constituted to issue uh, lawful and enforceable subpoenas. It has no right to do that. And when I was subpoenaed 
Um, you, now we know for the sole purpose of trying to implicate Donald Trump in some phony criminal conspiracy related to January 6th so he can't be president again. Um, I uh, politely informed the, the committee that um, President Trump uh, had invoked executive privilege. It was not my privilege to weigh by law and that they should negotiate that with President Trump. If, if he waived the privilege, I would be happy to comply. That's, that's the kind of background. And from there, it went quickly to a contempt of Congress charge, Mark, which carries a penalty of up to a year in prison per count. So I've got two counts. So I could spend two years in the slammer and a couple of hundred thousand dollars in fines. So what I did, Mark, starting the seven day narrative, uh, on Tuesday of last week, I filed an 80 page civil suit, uh, which, uh, sought to, uh, enjoin both the committee and the Justice Department from pursuing this matter and get declaratory relief stating on four separate legal points that the committee um, was pushing forward an illegal and unenforceable agenda. Uh, based on the composition of the committee, that's like the, that's like the low-hanging fruit. But, Mark, um, there's also, I think, a couple of issues for the Supreme Court that I really want to get pushed forward. One is this whole weaponization of the congressional investigatory power mm -hmm. about the partisan gain. And we see that over the last five years. It's a very dangerous thing. It's illegal. Yes, people listening, Congress has the right to investigate, but only for legislative purposes, not mm -hmm. to punish, not for not to be judged during executions. Depends on that. The biggest thing though, Mark, is this fanciful and absurd notion that somehow a sitting president in Joe Biden could strip Donald Trump of executive privilege and therefore me and and there and also strip me of what's called testimonial immunity. And you were at the mm -hmm. Department of Justice, Mark, yep. going back to the seventies, Office of Legal Counsel has a long standing policy that people like me, senior White House officials, have absolute testimony immunity. On that alone they should have prosecuted. So I filed this civil suit. Next day, I send a letter to Deputy Attorney Patricia Alloy, who's handling the case. Offer them a modus vivendi. Hold on a second. Who Tell is she? That, but, okay. Uh, the, 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 the hierarchy is Merrick Garland runs the agency. Oh, oh she's Matthew a justice. Graves. Yeah. Yes, right. she's in the Department of Justice. She's, she's under Matthew Graves, who is the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. I sent her a, a long note, a letter offering a modus vivendi and asking her to, to discuss this with my, my attorney. Other interesting thing, I called up Walter uh, Giordano, Giordano, who is a FBI agent. He last, the week before, had banged loudly on my door, got me out of a deep sleep to serve me with a subpoena. I said, hey, Walter, you need anything? Just call me. I'll cooperate on anything you want. No need to bang on my door like the Gestapo. I'm here for you. Okay, that was on Wednesday, Mark. On mm -hmm. Thursday, Aloy and Giordano and whoever else was in on it made a decision that rather than go to President Trump to negotiate the privilege, rather than go to my attorney and discuss the modus vivendi, uh, they would engage in the worst kind 
of shock and awe, humiliation that has never been done to any senior White House official in the history of this republic. I live, Mark, I live right across the street. I'm, I'm sitting here now looking at the FBI building as we speak, okay, 50 yards away. They could have come and took me peaceably at my home. They could have called me. I would have surrendered voluntarily. Instead, they let me get all the way to the airport, down the gangway, approaching the door to the aircraft, and five FBI agents seized me. Now, the worst thing about this right then was that I asked Giordano repeatedly in front of witnesses to allow me to make a phone call to a legal representative. He did not do that. And instead, I wind up downstairs in the car with handcuffs behind my back, pushed against the back of the car, taken to a jail, uh, and put in leg irons, frisked, put in handcuffs, solitary confinement, no food, no water, nothing, no access to an attorney, and the whole thing, Mark, was totally unnecessary. It was a circus designed to bully and intimidate me and to show anybody out there in Trump land that if they so much as speak truth to power to anybody in that corrupt Biden regime or Justice Department, that they would come down with them in the full force of their illegal laws. So that's, <laughs> Mark, that's what happened to me. And you've been in that Justice Department. Mm. I think if you'd ever been sitting at a table... I don't remember us ever doing anything like made. this, Peter. Never. Nothing like that. It, it's never happened. I mean, look... This, this is a, 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 a unprecedented thing anyway. These contempt of Congress charges, like, they're, they're like rare, rare, rare birds, right? The last one that happened was with Eric Holder. They did nothing about it. And, you know, literally the next day after I was, uh, detained or maybe the same day, they dropped the charges against two other White House staffers, Meadows and Scavino. And it's like I was the guy they're going to make an example of, I think because I had the temerity to file that civil suit, challenge them uh, on the law. Peter, I want to and hold you over. I got to take a hard break. Are you available? Yeah, I am. All right. All right. Stay put. More with Peter Navarre. This is, uh, this is unbelievable. Absolutely shocking. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest. I was nervous at first, thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Peter Navarro. 
the criminalization of politics. This is what Stalin was good at, Castro was good at, all the uh, thugs of history were good at. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Uh, Navarro is the latest victim of the criminalization of your opposition to have a show trial like this. Everything done in secret. The minority's not represented at all. Um, they go around your back and go to phone companies and so forth in order to get information on you. And then, as you pointed out, Peter, they're running a parallel track with the criminal division of the Justice Department, and I believe they're the point of the spear, yeah. providing them with information. Um, yes. You come, you come to Washington from California. You're trying to do a job. You're excited about it. You did a tremendous job. In your life, did you ever think you'd face anything like this? Uh, this is unprecedented in our republic. But after four years in the swamp, with all the things I encountered, uh, not without the realm of possibility, particularly after I watched the, the torture of Donald Trump for four years. I, mean, I Look, one of the things in my lawsuit, Mark, is I go through the legislative history of those seven Democrats there on that kangaroo court. And for five years, Mark, uh, they tried using lawfare uh, to take Donald Trump out, to, de de you know, to take him out of office. It, it you know, started with that discredited Russia hoax, two impeachments, three House resolutions to remove him for office. And one, here, let me, in this lawfare thing, I, forgive me if I, if I do this, but I have to. It's going to cost me basically what I know now, over $300,000 or more to defend myself here. And what I'm asking people to do, I've got a new book called Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon. Taking Back Trump's America. I'm asking people if they want to help, just go order the book. It's a twofer. It'll help me with my legal defense, but it also is the blueprint for getting Pelosi the hell out of that house and putting Trump or somebody like him back in the White House in 2024. And and look, I, you know, I... I, I, I serve honorably. I do my duty. I saved literally millions, helped save millions of lives during that pandemic as the Defense Policy Coordinator, Production Act Policy Coordinator. And I helped create, I helped the boss create hundreds of thousands of jobs and nobody ever questioned anything about my ethics in here. You know, I'm, uh, they have, if they can come for me, they can come for anybody. And when they're coming for me, they're coming for you. They're coming for all 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump. And that committee, this thing on Thursday, Mark, what a travesty. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like it's just going to be a show trial to try to wrap Donald Trump in a hoax um, that he had something to do with that January 6th insurrection. And it's just... It's just, I mean, this will be, when you do your next edition of American Marxism, you're going to have to add a chapter on the weaponization of Congress's investigatory powers and the, and the decline and demise of integrity in the FBI and the Department of Justice for doing something like this. This was willful, Mark. This mm -hmm. was willful. They had a choice. They could have They could have done what the law requires, is go negotiate uh, the privilege with Trump, they could have, the FBI could have called me. I would have willfully surrendered. They took the absolutely most punishing alternative. And that, by case law, Mark, you're a lawyer. That's a bill of attainder. They essentially have engaged in an unlawful, unconstitutional bill of attainder. You go back 
to the, you know, the king's time in England, the reason why we, we rebelled is they did bills of attainder all the time where they used the law to punish people um, unfairly, to make examples out of them, to, to move forward whatever political agenda they have. That is what's going on. Here. Let me ask you a couple more questions. How long did they hold you in custody? Sure. <clears throat> they uh, they took me, and it was a taking because there was five of them to take my 145, 70-pound, 70 72-year-old body. They took me a little after 11 o'clock in on the plane. Um, I was in a jail cell for about three hours. And then even after even after I saw the magistrate and was, was released on bail with my Second Amendment gone, by the way, uh, they still put me back in leg irons. Until until they got me out the door, and um, look, uh, it's, it's like okay, I'll be honest with you, Mark. It was no big deal for me. Okay, I, I'm 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 used to stuff. Okay, what 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 I was thinking the whole time was my concern for for the republic for our institutions because this was over the top. This was mm-hmm. this was very damaging. Mark to 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 the fabric. It's this people increasingly are rightly concerned about this two tier system of justice. Mm-hmm. How many people have they prosecuted for the Russia? Oh, you got Comey, Clapper, Page, Brennan, Struck. All these people they, they, they're implicated in an attempt to overthrow the presidency. Mm-hmm. And the only guy who winds up in leg irons in the last five years in politics. Is, is a guy who stood up for the Constitution and tried to do the right thing and tried to get them to follow the law. The least burdensome alternative was to negotiate the privilege with Trump. The second least alternative, and I buried the lead here, Mark, you know what that was? A civil suit. There's case law on that. You go back to Bolton, Josh Bolton and Mears back in, 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 in the Bush administration. You were probably back there. That's what they did because... No, I was never in the Bush administration, thankfully. Okay, well, I'm just saying (laughs) that... No, you're right. I mean, look, I mean, if you look at... Read my suit, PeterNavarro.com. That lawsuit is, is, I think it's the best thing I've seen out there, and it raises significant constitutional issues. I think that's why they ultimately went after me, because they do not want those constitutional issues properly adjudicated. They like the idea of Congress being able to hide behind the legislative function to effectively serve the judicial function, to be judge, jury, and executioner. It's paralyzing our government. Remember, Mark, the backdrop here is our economy stagflation is is it the worst I've seen it in my lifetime. Invasion on the southern border. We're spending money we don't have to protect Ukraine's border. And uh Crime is rampant in the streets, and oh, buried the lead again. Can't buy gas at a re- reasonable price, and mothers can't find formula. I mean, what the hell is is is, are these, is Congress thinking that that somehow the American public want to see in prime time a show trial designed to keep Trump from running for reelection? Please, please, it's just wrong. Folks, you can help Peter Navarro. The book is Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon.com. Um, and obviously he gets a piece of that. 
And PeterNavarro.com is where his lawsuit is located if you'd like to look at both of these. Do you have a legal defense fund or just the book? Just the book, Mark. And, uh, you know, if I could sell uh, a tenth of what you sold, which would be yeah. about 100,000 copies for me, that would be enough to cover the $300,000. And, by the way, uh, the reason why I, uh, the book is so good for this is that it, it's a twofer. It's a blueprint and battle cry for taking back the House from Pelosi and the White House for for Republicans, and so um, you know, I'm I'm I've had a lot of people reach out to me and help. I'll, I'm trying to get a legal team together right now. It's kind of interesting that some of these white shoe law firms in this town uh, they they never love Trump either, and they love their corporate clients. So there's you know that constraint. But you know, we'll talk about that at some other date. But Mark, I can't express more of my appreciation for you having me on tonight and, and let me speak to your, your vast audience about something that, that really is so, so... No, you shouldn't be treated this way. That's the bottom line. You were not in the building. Bottom line. This whole thing is a farce. So, folks, the book is Taking Back Trump's America. Taking Back Trump's America, Mr. Producer. Make sure that's on our social sites and link it to Amazon. PeterNavarro.com, if you'd like to read his lawsuit as well. You know he's a very thoughtful man. And uh, we'll have you back, Peter. So you take care of your... By the way, I have a question. You're 72. Do you have any health issues that you're able to tell me about? Um... You know, I, I, look, at 72, <laughs> it's always an adventure waking up every morning. I, I can mm-hmm. tell you this, that I take pretty good care of myself, but, mm-hmm. the, you know, stress in jail would be a death sentence. You know, the average life expectancy in this country is 76. They put me in jail for two years, that's a death sentence. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is not, I'm, I'm not taking this lightly, but you know what? I'm standing up for what's right here. I'm willing to take that heat if that's what it comes to, because... What's important here is the Constitution, this republic, my duty to the commander-in-chief and to this country. So I'm going to stand tall and firm on this, and whatever happens, I'm ready to accept the consequences. And I am prepared to have any member of this committee to call this program and defend what was done here. Any staff member, senior staff member, former federal prosecutor on this committee, to come on to this program and defend what's been done here. Be more than happy to engage. So you don't keep leaking and working in the shadows. Peter Navarro, good luck to you, sir. My friend, you are a hero to me. I thank you for the time. Well, God bless you. Best of luck to you. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast and save 50% off your first month. 
You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, I want to reiterate, Media Matters, your top people are welcome to come on the program and explain this tweeting from your former employee, Mr. Johnson. I'd like to know what happened on April 4th. The nation is awaiting. We want to give you a fair opportunity to explain your side of the story. I mean, I'm giving you the whole nation to talk to. You know what's amazing? Even when I didn't have money, this was the time that I bought a home. When the market looked shaky, when rates started going up, because then I could get a good deal. You don't buy when the market's high. You buy when the market's flat or low. Same with stocks, same with anything. Buying high is for the loser, and you're the winner. This is from Talking Points Memo, which is a left-wing screed, but nonetheless, this just came out. And this is very, very good and very important. Former Trump White House Chief Strategist Steve Bannon has reportedly subpoenaed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Members of this so-called committee in an attempt to push back at the contempt charges he faces, according to CNN. Bannon is scheduled to go on trial next month. Can you believe this? It's unbelievable to me. In the contempt charges the Department of Justice brought against him last year for failing to cooperate with the January 6th Select Committee's investigation. It's not a select committee. It is a committee chosen by Pelosi. These are Pelosi thugs. T-H-U-G-S. Late last year, Bannon was charged with two counts of contempt of Congress. Follow his refusal to comply with the committee's subpoena, Bannon pleaded not guilty. In an effort to fight the contempt charges he's facing, Bannon's legal team reportedly subpoenaed 15 lawmakers and congressional staffers to testify at his trial next month. One of Bannon's attorneys and copies of the subpoenas were obtained by CNN. The subpoenas reportedly target all nine members of the committee, three committee staffers, and House General Counsel Douglas Letter. And Bannon reportedly subpoenaed Pelosi and other House Democratic leaders such as Stempy Hoyer and Jim Clyburn. Cena noted these are challenges to compel members of Congress to testify, citing protection of their legislative activity under the Constitution's speech and debate clause. Therefore, lawmakers and staffers subpoenaed by Bannon's legal team could possibly file a motion to reject those subpoenas. Now, isn't that fascinating? Would that be the same committee that issued subpoenas for Kevin McCarthy and Andy Biggs? For Jim Jordan and Jim Bates? For Mo Brooks? All of a sudden, they bring up the speech and debate clause? What about the speech and debate clause as applies to at least five of their Republican colleagues? It seems to me that they can't have it both ways. Did they not subpoena these Republicans and threaten them with contempt? Members of the House of Representatives, their own colleagues, never again, never done before, to my knowledge. Never done before. So if I were those five Republicans, I would cite what the Democrats and the others on this committee will do, which is the speech and debate clause. That is, whatever they say related to their jobs effectively, it's more complicated, but you get the point, is not justiciable. 
Nonetheless, Bannon's lawyer, Shone and the others, brilliant move. He can't get due process. He's being accused of violating this committee's procedures. Then he has every right to challenge this committee and the processes these committees, this committee has put in place. He has every right to know their real motivation. He has every right to take testimony because his freedom is on the line. Now let's see what one of these Democrat hack judges in Washington, D.C. does. We have due process for a reason in this country. And this committee has commingled and confounded the legislative purpose with the criminal process. These men are courageous. Courageous. Navarro, Bannon, and the lawyer here is smart as hell. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. Against all freedom-loving Americans. So... You need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this War on Cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. 630-1492 or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I have a question, ladies and gentlemen. If the Republicans are, as the Democrats say, white supremacists, are white Democrats white supremacists? I mean, isn't that the heritage of the Democrat Party? Even more, the Democrat Party depends on a massive turnout, particularly in the cities and the inner suburbs, for the African-American community to win office. Why are there only two black Democrat senators? Two. They keep pushing this replacement theory. They keep accusing everybody else of what it is that they promote. It's the weirdest damn thing. Strange. Chris Coons at a hearing on white supremacy and domestic terrorism today. He said the January 6th, well, let's play it for you. Cut 15, go. So much of our political rhetoric today is just cranked up um, to the extreme on on the ends of our political spectrum. Now, this guy's a leftist. Keep that in mind. He's a leftist who said the most vile things about Trump and his supporters. Go ahead. 
Whose perspective on the profound impact that the words of elected officials and politicians have, uh, as you've cited, there's examples all over the world in history um, where marginal figures become politically popular and rewarded for their feeding an ideology of hate. Um, oh, you mean like uh, AOC? Somebody like her? Or Obama before? Even Biden? But I digress. Go ahead. Hideous concepts like this great replacement theory were relegated to the margins of political discourse. Great uh, replacement there. Folks, this is so weird. This is so weird. The Democrats brag about what they're doing. And if you say, what are you doing? Oh, you're, you're, you're a white supremacist who believes in the great replacement theory. And then they have their friends over at Media Matters, which is in the middle of some kind of scandal, some kind of sex scandal, I think, who come to their defense. Go ahead. This seemed to be over, and you've... Ah, shut up, you idiot. I don't even want to hear what you have to say. Let me go back to this. Can't... All right. I talked to you earlier, and I told you that we have a new radio network that's set up with eight to ten stations and two individuals. Jesse Morales Raketo, a Latinx, a former Hillary for American AFL-CIO employee, and Stephanie Valsencia, a Latinx, former White House staffer during the Obama administration are heading the venture, $80 million they were able to raise for what they call the Latino Media Network, the Latino Media Network. And um, one of the entities investing heavily in it is connected to George Soros. And another one's connected, I read, if it's not true, he's welcome to come on the program too, a director of Cumulus by the name, I think his name is Thomas Castro. Also with ties to Media Matters, and I hope they'll get back down to uh, figuring out what's happening at his Media Matters there. Anyway... These two will be heading the venture and say their purchase across the multitude of media markets, writes Fox, give them, quote, access to one-third of the Hispanic population within the U.S., according to an interview conducted by Axios. Now, here's the problem. They, the radical agenda, the Democrat Party, the vessel through which they work, certain of their broadcast platforms, they're concerned that a larger and larger percentage of Hispanics are voting Republican. And so, they cannot tolerate that. They cannot tolerate that. So, in, uh, in Florida in particular, America's Governor DeSantis, he's always one step ahead of the left. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? He's always one, at least one step. Usually more. He put out an ad, and he's putting out ads, ads now which will air on WQIAM, WQBAM. He warns voters about the media purchase and touts his stance against leftist disinformation as he continues the fight against socialism in America. This resounds with Venezuelans, with Cubans, with other people who've left repression.
come to this country. People from all over the world, Haiti. Warning voters, quote-unquote, the left has taken control of our local media. Billionaire George Soros, known for financing extreme leftist causes. Not really. He's financing prosecutors who are allowing murders. To go out the back door. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is a leftist cause. Is now financing the perch of Hispanic radio stations right here in Miami. And these ads are in Spanish. They're coming with their ideological agenda. Soros and his minions know that this community represents in the fight against socialism in America. This community will not get confused under Governor DeSantis' leadership, Florida standing against the corporate media and leftist disinformation. That's the way to try and get in front of this stuff. The Soros-funded radical left is running a scheme to manipulate local media in Florida to push their Marxist agenda on voters. Now... Mr. Producer, let's let's put up a link on all my social sites to get as close to the Spanish version of American Marxism as it as exists on a on um, the Amazon site. Okay, you may have to go to the book generally where people have to click the Spanish, but I want to strongly encourage. We've only printed like five thousand copies. They sell out. We'll print it more. This book should resonate big time with the Hispanic community. Big time. Which is why I asked my publisher, let's get a Spanish version. American Marxism in the Spanish version is is going to be out very, very soon. But you're going to order it now. Folks, 5,000 copies. I make nickels. This isn't about my wealth. This is about getting the mission out there, getting the message out there. I've already sold 1.3 million copies in all forms. So another 5,000 doesn't matter to me. It matters to me for the mission. If we can get the word out in more and more communities. More and more communities. Including, especially, the Hispanic community. It can make a difference. Does it exist, Mr. Producer, the link? Oh, you do? Great. So you can get it on Twitter, Mark Levin Show, Twitter, anywhere else. If you're listening to this program and you're bilingual, and you have family members who only speak Spanish, please get them a copy of the book. We need to make our move now. We need to bring all patriots, whatever backgrounds, whatever ancestry, whatever history, all red-blooded Americans. That's the point. We need to defend liberty. That's the power of conservative talk radio, particularly this program. The power of ideas. That's what we talk about. Principles. Meaning. Not just superficial crap. So it's very, very important that we do this, in my view. And what Governor DeSantis is doing is he's going to confront this. He's going to fight it. With these billionaires and multi-multi-millionaires getting behind this movement, buying a relative handful of stations. If they're not Spanish, making them Spanish and to spew their Soros-Obama poison. And remind your neighbors and friends that Obama and Soros, AOC and the others, 
push a Marxist-slash-socialist agenda. Marxist cultural and societal agenda and socialist economic agenda. That's why the middle class in this country and everybody else, especially people at the lower end of the ladder, are getting crushed. They don't care about you. They want your vote. They care about power. Why do they want power? To push their ideology. They are committed extremists and radicals. That's what they are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor to have our friend Mike Lee with us. Senator Lee, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Mark. Now, Senator Lee, you're running for re-election. How does that look in the state of Utah? I am. I'm running for re-election, and I've got a, a primary three weeks from today. And I've got a potentially tough general election this November. Uh, yeah, things are uh, things are interesting in Utah right now. Evan McMullen is my general election opponent. Wait a minute. McMullen, the guy who ran, and very poorly, might I add, who ran for yep, president? Yep. Yes, he's now running against me as an independent, but get this, he's been endorsed by the Utah Democratic Party. They realized that they can't win statewide in Utah, so they got a uh, sort of a fake Democrat, I guess, uh, to run for them, and he's raising millions of dollars uh, from Democrats nationwide, so I, I can use all the support I can get. Your, your listeners can help me at, at LeeForSenate.com. Post that, would you please, Mr. Producer? Now, now, Senator Mike Lee, so what are they trying to do? They're trying to deceive the voters to vote Democrat, independent, to take votes away from you, correct? Yes. Now, he, here's, the way, here's the way that he's pitching it. The way McMullen is pitching is he's saying, I'm building a coalition of Democrats, unaffiliated voters, and Romney Republicans to defeat Mike Lee, whatever that means. I mean, these guys, they're just sort of kamikaze candidates. Do you know what I mean? Their goal is to elect the Democrat yeah. and defeat the Republican. Right. Now, this is a guy who, who claimed at least to be aggressively pro-life when he ran for president back in 2016. He criticized President Trump for being insufficiently pro-life. And then recently he went on MSNBC and announced to the world that uh, undoing Roe versus Wade isn't the right thing to do. So... I, I don't quite understand where he is. He used to claim to be a conservative. Now he appears to be a liberal, but he's not really willing to own up to either one. Very confusing. Well, let's hope National Review condemns him because they helped create him, didn't they? Yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, he, he is raising a fair amount of money, and uh, that's of concern, especially living, as I do, in a state where there's basically no conservative media. I mean, we, we've got two really good talk show hosts uh, who are conservative, Boyd Matheson and Rod Arquette. And other than those two, the mm. entire state's media apparatus is really liberal. And so that he's, he's going to have that, that wind at his back, and that's of concern. And this is really quite shocking. I suspect you're going to have the rhinos who you defeated initially in order to be the Republican nominee for the United States Senate and succeed. You're going to have all those forces working against you, as well as the Democrats, as well as the Schumer pack and the never Trumpers and all the rest of it, aren't you? 
Yes. Yes. And in the meantime, uh, the the so-called Romney Republicans are gaining some boost by the fact that um, the namesake of that group, uh, my colleague Senator Romney, has uh, announced that he intends to maintain his neutrality in the general election, notwithstanding the fact that Evan McMullen has announced that he will not caucus with Republicans if he's elected. Now, think about what that means. He's been endorsed by the Democratic Party. He has promised that he will not caucus with Republicans. Uh, what that means is that, hypothetically, if he were to win, uh, he could be the one who stops Republicans from seizing the majority and keeping Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden in power. One of these phony independents that caucuses with the Democrats would vote for Schumer to be majority leader and vote down the line with the Democrats. You must have really upset this guy. He's absolutely turned himself inside out, hasn't he? Yes, uh, uh, apparently so. He appears to be bothered by the positions I take. Perhaps he doesn't like constitutionally limited government or federalism or separation of powers. Uh, the things that motivated me to um, leave what was an interesting, rewarding uh, law practice when I first ran in 2010 and to pursue a life of um, uh, in, in the United States Senate, a life that's, well, interesting and rewarding, is not easy. Uh, mm. Perhaps Evan McMullen doesn't like those things and wants to stand for something else. You've got to be one of the most likable politicians, period. You're just a nice guy. I have never heard you raise your voice. Honest to God, Mike, you're just a very, very nice guy. Even people who disagree with you, you watch these hearings and so forth, of course you can get passionate. But you never get nasty. You're kind of the yeah, opposite I, of me. I, well, I, yeah, I, I, I try not to get nasty. Cause I, look, I, I'm not a guy who can rely on my good looks, unlike you. I, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, not a guy right. who can uh, rely on natural talent. I, I have to um, try to get along with people. But here's the interesting thing. Guys like McMullen go after guys like me by saying, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not getting along well with others. Their coded way of saying, you need to be a squish. You've got to agree with liberals. You've got to agree with the Uniparty more often, or else you're uncivil and unkind. And I, I think that is really one of the most uncivil forms of argument someone could make in American political discourse. So I want to understand this. Romney will not endorse, meaning he won't endorse you, the incumbent Republican, which means if the Democrat or the Democrat in sheep's clothing wins they will caucus with the democrats they will vote for schumer to be the majority leader and i guess romney could care less yeah, I, I don't I, know what I, else to i don't do want to this no i don't yeah, want you to I, I, I don't i'm not trying to pull you into this all right let's get to this fantastic book saving nine the fight against the left's audacious plan to pack the supreme court and destroy american liberty this is a fantastic book, Mike Lee, Saving Nine. It's the kind of books I love to read. And it is particularly propitious now because of the war on the court, the threats to the justices, and they're called right-wing and anti-woman. First of all, I didn't know there was such a thing as a woman. The upcoming Supreme Court justice couldn't even define one. But all that said, if there's nothing in the Constitution on the issue of abortion... What is wrong with the court saying, we'll take a pass, it's up to the people in the states? Nothing is wrong with that. In fact, that's exactly what their judicial oath requires. It's also what their oath to the Constitution requires. 
look, you and I both know that if it's not in the Constitution and it's not prohibited to the states, then it, it's up to the, the, the people and, and the states to decide something. There's nothing in the Constitution that makes abortion, uh, take it off the table or make it necessarily federal. So it belongs with the states. I, I, hate to, I hate to do this to you. Can you stay over the break? We'll get into this and several you other bet. issues. You bet. All right. And I want to get your site, too, where people can support you from around the nation and in Utah. We'll be right back with the great Senator Mike Lee. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. You know, folks, we cannot afford to lose the best of the best in Congress. The best of the best, Mike Lee. When it comes to the Constitution, he was a Supreme Court clerk. His father was the Solicitor General of the United States under President Reagan. He's got a a fantastic family and wife and we just cannot afford to lose somebody like Mike Lee. So, Mike Lee, Senator Lee, if people want to support your effort, you're being really blitzed from both ends here. And I don't mean the right and the left. I mean the left and the far left. Where, um, where can people help you? Where can they go? They can go to LeeForSenate.com. LeeForSenate.com. We can use all the help we can get with Evan McMullen raising millions of dollars from Lincoln Project people and Democrats all over the country. Doesn't get any simpler than that, folks. LeaveForSenate.com. Let's get into your fantastic book, Saving Nine. Could you ever have imagined? Well, you kind of do uh, near the end of the book, but could you have ever imagined we'd reach a point where Supreme Court justices are threatened by the Democrat leader in the Senate, two of them are threatened, and then by the Democrat Party mob? And that the Attorney General of the United States sits on his hands for days, even though he has a federal statutory statutory responsibility to protect these justices? Could you even have imagined that? As recently as maybe two years ago, I couldn't have imagined it. Uh, Because it, it would have been unthinkable. It was likewise unthinkable that somebody would seriously consider court packing. Something that hasn't been attempted since Franklin D. Roosevelt tried it in 1937 has been almost universally condemned by uh, the left and the right ever since then. 
Um, but, you know, starting about a year and a half ago, I started to worry. Remember, there was that debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And Joe Biden was asked whether he'd pack the court. Joe Biden wouldn't answer. Wouldn't answer. That, that sent chills down my spine and not in a good way. By early 2021, I became very concerned because Joe Biden was still flirting with the idea. And that's when I decided to write this book. I decided to write Saving Nine because, as far as I could tell, nobody had ever undertaken a book like this. Nobody had ever written a book explaining why court packing was bad, explaining what happened the last time we attempted this. FDR's court packing plan technically failed legislatively, but it failed only after it had inflicted immense harm, they rewrote the Constitution after the justices were threatened mm-hmm. by FDR. And we're still paying the price, Mark. That's why we're $31 trillion in debt, Mark. And that's why we've got a sprawling administrative bureaucracy that makes most of our laws. All because of FDR and what it did to Associate Justice Owen Roberts, as I explained in Chapter 4 of Saving Nine. It's so true. It is so true. He wanted to add, what, five uh, seats to the Supreme Court? The, uh, the justices had, had, had knocked out so much of his early agenda. Uh, and so he, he did what many of the Democrats are demanding today. And so he threatened to pack the court, right, Senator? And that got the attention of the other justices. And then they started to rubber stamp everything, right? That's right. And all they had to do was win over one. They just had to win over one. It took away Associate Justice Owen Roberts, who had previously affiliated with the so-called Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the intellectual leader of whom, by the way, was uh, George Sutherland, uh, the Supreme Court Justice from Utah, BYU graduate, uh, previously served as a U.S. Senator from Utah. They had opposed FDR's New Deal because so much of it was unconstitutional. You see, prior to that, we, our national government has always been a limited-purpose federal government. After 1937, they turned it into a general-purpose national government. It's never mm-hmm. been the same. FDR messed it up, and he messed it up with court packing. I shudder to think, Mark, what will happen after this attempt at court packing. Win or lose, this thing, unless we get a hold of it quickly, could be comparably devastating to our system of government. And I think Judge Jackson, soon to be Justice Jackson, is predictably radical left. I mean, have you ever heard of a justice who won't even define what a woman is? Have you ever heard of a justice when she's asked in writing if she believes in natural law, natural rights, and says she's not taking a position on it, even though it's in the Declaration of Independence? That's pretty damn radical, Senator. Yeah, well, you know, in her defense, she's not a biologist, and neither are you or or I. (laughs) uh, But I do put one on TV. Yes. Right, exactly. And, And apparently they don't teach things like the Declaration of Independence anymore at Harvard Law School. Uh, the school she attended, I'm told it's accredited, but um, I guess they don't bother with that there. Uh, but this is concerning. But if you imagine her times four, thus offsetting Clarence Thomas, Sam Alito, and, and uh, the, the, the other conservative textualist originalists that we've got on there. And all the we've got name, a very I different Gorsuch, Gorsuch, most of the time. Yeah, yeah, Gorsuch, most yeah. of the time. Kavanaugh, we hope most of the time. Uh, Barrett, uh, hold your we, breath. We, we hope also. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we hope. We hope. So, uh, look, this is not, that's why Saving Nine is, is so important. I want people to read it, whether they buy it or not, or, or just borrow it from somebody else. I don't care as much about that. I just want everybody to read this book. 
We all, all of us who love the Constitution, need to read this book. After you read this book, you'll never lose another political argument again. And it's not just about the court. This is uh, any political argument that has anything to do with the relationship between the three branches of government and the relationship between the states and the federal government. It's all addressed by this book, and uh, this is necessary information. So I encourage your listeners to go and buy Saving Nine today. I'll tell you what I like about your book. It's in plain common sense English. You take the complicated and you make it simple. And you lay it out in a way where you go step by step by step by step, and then you explain where we're headed, where we are and where we're headed. Uh, so I think it's a very, very important book written for this audience right here, which is a savvy, smart, sharp audience. But you lay it out in a way where it reads very easily. And that's very, very important because to write a book and it becomes a doorstop, there's no point in that. What, uh, what do you make of, uh, let me put it to you this way. What do you make of what could be the decisions coming out of the Supreme Court? There's going to be a lot of decisions on guns, of course, on abortion, on some of the other big issues. Do you think the court's been intimidated? I don't think so. I certainly hope not. I do worry, though, Mark. The fact that they've been showing up at their homes is deeply distressing to me. In fact, I, 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 coincidentally, I tell a story in Saving Nine about uh, an experience I had when I was 11 years old, and some uh, pro-abortion rights protesters showed up at my parents' home. I was home alone. I went out and argued with them, found the woman who appeared to be in charge. We'll call her Karen. And the uh, first thing she said to me was, hello, little boy, we're not here to hurt you. Think about how messed up, up that is. Their whole wow. point when they show up to these justices' homes, just as it was when they showed up to the home of the then Solicitor General of the United States, who was my father at the time, is to send one message. That message, loud and clear, separate and apart from what their signs say, separate from what they're chanting, their message is clear. We know where you sleep. Shame on them. And it shows what they're trying to do through the course. They're trying to remake America. America isn't good enough for them. They want to remake it in their own image, and they want to do that through the courts. Because through the courts, they don't have to worry about those pesky elections. That's why this book is, is so important and why it's really different than just a book about the court. This is about America and about the American dream. The book is Saving Nine. You can go on my social sites. We link to Amazon.com, or you can go there directly. It's a very important book, The Fight Against the Left's Audacious Plan to Pack the Supreme Court and Destroy American Liberty. One last thing here, Senator Lee. I want to get back to this uh, first draft on this Roe versus Wade. You know, in many ways, it has nothing to do with Roe versus Wade. That's so passe. I mean, you had the Democrats in the Senate that lost a vote because of the filibuster, where they wanted to allow abortion on demand right up to the last second. Roe versus Wade doesn't even do that. So the Democrats are far more radical, far more radical than even Roe versus Wade. Isn't that right? Yes, far more radical than Roe versus Wade. Far, far to the left of, of where the American people are. Look, regardless of how they feel about abortion, the overwhelming majority of Americans agree that at some point, at some point, this is a child. Many of us believe that that begins much, much earlier at the very beginning. But almost everybody agrees that at some point it becomes a child, even if it hasn't been born yet. What the Democrats wanted to do was to make clear that no state could impose any restriction ever up until the moment of birth. 
What does the science tell us? You know, you hear that phrase all the time with masks and so forth. What does the science tell us up to the moment of birth? Is that not a baby? Well, it's the science be tells a baby. us it's a baby. It's a baby. So, Look, within weeks, it's got a heartbeat. Within weeks, it's got 10 fingers. It's got 10 toes. It's not going to mature into a giraffe or a right. llama. This is a human being. It has human DNA. It is human life. It's not just the potential to become such. And so it does deserve protection at a bare minimum. It deserves to not have the Supreme Court of the United States inventing a judicial fiction that Mm -hmm. says states are powerless to protect unborn human life. That's demonic, and it's unconstitutional, and that's why Roe versus Wade needs to go away. Lee for Senate.com. We need this man reelected to the United States Senate as the forces align against him. Uh, that's Lee for Senate.com. Senator Lee, we look forward to having you back. God bless you, my friend, and good luck. Thank you so much. Really appreciate All right. it, Mark. Goodbye. Take care of yourself. It's a great book, folks. Take it from me. Saving Nine, Senator Lee. Some books that politicians write really aren't worth the time. This is a superb book. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go to Risa, or Risa, I'm sorry, in Warrington, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. It's such an honor to be speaking with you. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can. Oh. I listen to you all the time. Um, I grew you. up in Winmore. I believe you grew up in Chungham. I know where um, Winmore is. I know where Warrington is. You got it. Yes, absolutely. Well, I can't thank you enough for writing the books, teaching us, informing us. I oh, spread you. your word all the time. Thank I play you. cards with women, and we talk about you all the time. We all have your book. We're oh, all Republicans. We love our country. Um we, we got what, rid what of card game do you play, by the way? What do you play? Oh, Canasta. Oh. Canasta. Um, it's the Floridian game. That actually, my friend Donna moved from Florida back home. And oh, she's, she's the one. Horsham, and well, now, hold on now. Can you, can you win or lose a lot of money? Republican. No, can you win or lose a lot money. of money? Oh. <laughs> can I um, tell you a little secret? When I was about 13, 14, 15 years old, all those ages, we'd get together. I'd get together with a handful of guys. And we would play games like guts and everything. And the pot could go up to 100 bucks. We didn't even have that kind of money. And yet that's what we did. Almost every, I guess it was Saturday night. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. But I've learned so much from you. And I've flipped some people already who were dead who are now Republicans. And it's because I, I, I take care of dogs for a living. I have a pet sitting business. Oh, good so for I'm you. sorry for the passing of your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, through all the people that I know, I'm, I'm out and I talk about politics all the time now and yeah. I don't take on leftist you know, clients. I can't stomach them. And <laughs> the ones that I can talk to, I try to flip. And the other ones, are, they're, they're tied to uh, CNN. They're, they're, they're honed in on their TV, and they spit out all the garbage. Yeah. And, of course, I'm always showing them articles. But 
with that being said, I'm, I listen to the radio all day long. Um, well, you're no great. music anymore. It's actually the radio. And like I said, you have educated me. Well, and, thank you. Um, you're I'm, very, very sweet. And WPHT is a great station with a great lineup, too. So thank you. Thank you. You're very, very sweet. And give all the ladies there my best. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the anniversary of the passing of my father-in-law, who was a great, great man, Leo. And also the anniversary of my parents' marriage. And I want to give you all the best, and God bless each and every one of you. Take care of yourselves.